welcome everyone to the NBA podcast on RJ Bell's Dream Preview. I am your host, Munaf Manji, back in the saddle for another week of NBA action. And joining me here on this episode here tonight, as usual, I've got my guy here with me, Sleepy J. Sleepy, how's it going, my friend? It's going good, my man. No complaints here at the uh, complaint department, so doing well. Yeah, another week of NBA action now in the new year of 2024, and um, we're just chugging along, man. Uh, let's recap our picks from the last week's episode on our Friday night episode, and uh, was not a good day for myself. I did have the Celtics and Pacers over. Uh, that was not even close in that game. The Celtics did get the victory in that game, 118 and held the uh, Pacers to 101, uh, 101 points in that game, so nowhere close. Back-to-back uh, -back best bets losers for me, so I, I really need to turn it around here. Uh, you hit your best bet, uh, Salvage, tonight for us. You had the under in the Sixers in the Jazz game, under 235.5. Uh, that one got to the window for us. And then insult to injury, uh, we did have uh, Hallie uh, PRA to go over in that game against the Celtics and uh, – sorry, against the Celtics – and that one fell uh, a bit short. Uh, so hopefully we'll turn around here on this podcast here, Sleepy. But any any thoughts from our picks from last week? No, we're due for a uh, probably like a 3-0 and sweep. We're definitely due for a good podcast because we've been kind of, you know, up and down, up and down, maybe a little bit more of a down week here or there recently. But, you know, we started out on fire. So I think we're uh, we're certainly due to go ahead and catch catch some fire here. Yeah, hopefully we can uh, catch some fire here uh, going into the card here for Friday night in the association. And I mentioned Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, we did lose on that player prop, but uh, some bigger news if you are a Halley fan and who isn't these days. Tyrese Halliburton is going to be out for a couple weeks here for the Indiana Pacers. He did suffer a left hamstring strain. Um, thankfully, it was uh, nothing too serious for Tyrese Halliburton. So I'm going to keep him out for a couple weeks here and. And we've seen him miss or seen him miss some time, not only this season, but also last season. Last season was a little more serious where he was out for an extended amount of time. But I think if you're a Pacers fan and if you're just a fan in basketball in general and watching Tyrese Halliburton play the game of basketball, it's always fun to watch. But um, did you have any reaction to the news on Tyrese Halliburton missing at least two weeks with the left hamstring strain for the Indiana Pacers? Well, I started to look at the odds. I wanted to go ahead and look at the NBA playoff odds. And I see right now you can get plus 240 for the Pacers to go ahead and miss the playoffs. You can get like plus 195 on Fandle for the Pacers to go ahead and miss the playoffs. And I was thinking like, all right, if he's out for, you know, three, four weeks, that might be a wager that we want to look at. So I kind of think that it's important for us to really monitor his, you know, his injury progress here, getting back on the court. And a lot of the reason why I bring this up is that if you look at the Pacers schedule from this point right now in January, which we're what, January the 12th, mm -hmm. go all the way out to February the 2nd. It's a good block of games. Their run that they're going to have to go on here to avoid like, you know, going on a really bad run without Halliburton. Um, it's going to be tough. Like they have a, a tough, tough schedule. Uh, it's loaded with a lot of road games, a lot of playoff teams. I looked at, the schedule and I'm like, all right, take Halliburton off. There, there really aren't many layup games, if any. So I do have my concerns that if he's not back on the court, you know, within two weeks, you know, somewhere around two weeks, maybe he misses like 10 games. But, you know, if you start pushing him out like 20 games or something like that with the schedule that they have, 
I think that they go from where they at now, like the fourth seed or something like that. Like I think they fall right right down to like the eighth seed somewhere in that area because the schedule is going to be that tough. And he makes such an impact, you know, for that team. And I think that, you know, one of the things went off that that we understand, but we don't understand what basketball players like. We understand our job. Like I can do multiple jobs at pregame mm-hmm. throughout the day. Yeah. And I'm sure you can do the same thing. Right. And Halliburton's one of those guys where I think he he's that type of player where he can go out there, do his job and do others jobs as well and make others perform well on the court when he's out there with them. So I think it really, really hurts this Pacers team. The fact that he's going to be out here for an extended period of time, but um, I'm just going to, I'm going to, Go ahead and, and just continue to watch and, and read every update that I can on him because if it looks like he might be out for 20 games, I think that the odds are only going to get worse. And I think they're on like a six-game or a five-game road road run here coming up. Yep. Um, th- th- those odds just could be completely gone, and then it turns into a bet that you know that you wish you had made earlier. So that that's kind of my thoughts right now on the way that I'm looking at Halliburton because he has a lot of impact, and you know you can get some decent wagers when players of his magnitude, you know, end up out of the lineup. Yeah. I mean, you're hundred percent correct. I mean, you take a look at their upcoming schedule to in the month of January and then even starting in the month of February, like you mentioned, sleepy, they are going to start a six game road trip on Friday night, going to Atlanta. Then they have a West coast road trip going to Denver, to Utah, to Sacramento, to Portland, and then wrap it up uh, in Phoenix and only to come back after that road trip to face the Denver Nuggets at home, the Philadelphia 76ers at home, and the Phoenix Suns at home. Uh, so, I mean, that's a, a a pretty tough schedule there for the uh, Indiana Pacers, like you mentioned. So I think that if starting on this road trip, um, and especially going into you know the Mile High City uh, in Denver, then having to play a back-to-back game in Utah, that always turns out to be tricky for a lot of these teams traveling from the East Coast to that West Coast. Um, and then wrapping it up in this uh, in Sacramento to Portland to Phoenix, like I mentioned. So we probably want to keep an eye on this on how their road trip is going to be going. And because, like I mentioned, it does get any easier for this uh, Pacers team uh, when they do return back home for a four game stretch uh, before having to go on the road again to Boston and then to New York to wrap up the month of uh, January, turning into the month of February. So um, we'll keep an eye on the odds here for the Indiana Pacers. Hopefully, if you are a Pacers fan, um, that Tyrese Halliburton is back sooner rather than later. But we know that hamstrings can be very tricky. And so you mentioned the standings in the Eastern Conference. I mean, you take a look right now. The Pacers are seeing that fourth spot. But the fourth spot all the way down to the eighth spot, they're only separated by one game. So at this juncture of the season, every game is going to matter, especially in the Eastern Conference where they're all kind of jumbled up for the playoff positioning and then falling into that play-in tournament bracket. So um yeah like i mentioned hopefully uh tyrese halliburton is back sooner rather than later for this indiana pacers team as they embark on this uh road trip um to the western conference turning the page here sleepy to the friday card here um again another night of some intriguing matchups here and we'll start here with the first one with the sacramento kings uh they are going to be in the city of brotherly love to take on the philadelphia 76ers Currently, as it stands right now, the Philadelphia 76ers are a one-point favorite in this game with a total of 241. Looking at the injury report here for both of these squads here, let's start here with the Sacramento Kings. Uh, Pretty clean injury report for them. Only questionable tag is going to be Kevin Herter. He is dealing with a left uh, ankle sprain. 
For the Philadelphia 76ers, obviously the big name that is going to be out, officially ruled out for this game, is going to be Joel Embiid, uh, officially classified as left knee inflammation. And also Robert Covington is going to be out for this game as well with the same uh, injury designation as Joel Embiid with a left knee inflammation. So let's start with the side here. Minus one in favor of the home team here, the Philadelphia 76ers. Any uh, thoughts on the spread here or the total? Well, I think the spread's wrong. I think that the Kings should be favored in this game. Joel Embiid being out of out of this lineup for Philadelphia is just it's massive. Like I don't know where you would where you would place this team. So let's start the season all over again. And I guess I'll just ask you, Manoff, do you think that the Philadelphia 76ers make the playoffs with this current roster? I would say it would be close. I, I think so, too. And again, uh, it's so predicated on Joel Embiid because I think we've talked about this over the past couple of weeks here on the podcast, is that Joel Embiid, is, I feel like, is having an even better season this year than he was last year in his MVP year. And I know we have that classification or the new criteria of where players have to play at least 65 games to qualify for the season-long awards. Um, and we know Joel Embiid wants to be out there playing with his team, right? But you take a look at their team right now. They are 23 and 13. They are number three in the uh, Eastern Conference. They have a one and a half game lead over the Indiana Pacers, who we just talked about. T- they're trailing by two games against the Milwaukee Bucks here. I I I agree with you. I think that if I think that the Sixers know that this is going to be a a a season long problem with Joel Embiid with the injuries that he is dealing with right now where he last couple of weeks he was dealing with an ankle injury and now it's right knee inflammation I think they're going to be forced to make some type of move at the trade deadline where that's going to be having to trade a guy like Tobias Harris on this roster they have a couple of draft picks that they can you know package together and get another star player alongside Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey frankly so I think the Sixers are going to be okay. I think they have enough to uh, to compensate for the games that Joel Embiid is going to be out. It doesn't seem like it's going to be a long-term problem for Joel Embiid um, with the injuries that he has been dealing with. But I think they're well-coached with Nick Nurse. They ha- I believe they do have the good enough depth uh, on this team to continue competing like they have been without Joel Embiid in the lineup. It's been really been led by Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris, and that's really what you want from your second and third best players on this roster here. So... To answer your question, I think they still do make the playoffs, even if Joel Embiid is going to be missing, you know, X amount of games going forward for the rest of the season. I'm not saying that they're going to miss. I'm saying if the Embiid wasn't on this team, that I don't think this current roster would make the playoffs. Oh, yeah, 100% I agree with that, yeah. Yeah, because I think that their starting lineup outside of Maxi and Tobias Harris is, is rather weak, and their bench is – it's not like it's loaded with talent. Um, you have to take Ubre and you have to throw him into the mix now with the starters. So your your bench just becomes, you know, it becomes a little bit thin. I guess the concern here for me with Philadelphia is the fact that, like, they're going to rely on Maxi to go ahead and go out there and score a lot of points. But it's not easy when you have, you know, a guy out there like Fox who can keep pace with anybody in the league, you know, chasing you around all game. And I just wonder if, you know, Maxi puts up a couple shots there late, maybe when the game's on the line that you know, or heavily contested or something like that, because I don't think outside of Tobias Harris, I don't think they're really going to rely on anybody outside of just Maxie and Harris. And then I do worry about, you know, Tobias Harris going up against Sabonis. I mean, Sabonis, another another big man that can move freely around the court. Um, it, it just, it feels like a bad matchup to me. 
and it feels like Philadelphia shouldn't be favored. So I do like the Kings in this one. So I think Philly comes up a little bit short. I think Maxi probably has a big night. I think Tobias Harris has maybe uh, maybe a, a, an average night because he seemed like he, he had a really good game in the last game. And I just don't know if he's at that level where he can go ahead and, and go out there and duplicate that, especially maybe against a tough matchup like Sabonis. The more I looked at it, the more I thought about it. Uh, I got to go in the Kings direction here. Yeah, the Sixers this season without Joel Embiid in the lineup, two and seven straight up. The two victories came against the Orlando Magic in a 20-point victory, and the other game was against the Houston Rockets, a four-point victory where the uh, Philadelphia 76 absolutely shoot, uh, shot lot, lights out in that game, uh, scoring 131 points led by Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris. Um, I'm with you, man. I like the Kings here as well. I think that we talk a lot about De'Aaron Fox uh you know, on the podcast here, especially when we talk about our Friday five as well, um, that De'Aaron Fox is, he's just a very tough matchup. He's one of the fastest guys, if not the fastest guy in this league, in the league. And that backcourt for the, for the, I think Sixers can't, you know, really compete or stay in front of a guy like De'Aaron Fox. You mentioned that no Joel Embiid, that's going to be an advantageous matchup for Demonis Sabonis to have a big night here for the um Sacramento Kings and you also take a look at Keegan Murray has been shooting the basketball very well Malik Monk off the bench has been absolutely fantastic for the Sacramento team uh Kings team and we talked about it right as constructed uh for the Sixers team without Joel Embiid do they make the playoffs I agree with you I don't think they do but again for this matchup here I do think that it will be tough for them to match up with all the the weapons that they do have on offense uh do the Sacramento Kings so I'm with you on the uh, Sacramento Kings here uh, to take care of business on Friday night against the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, moving on to another game here in the Western Conference here, Sleepy, and a team that just recently got their superstar back but now has been lost for the rest of the season, and that is going to be John ja Morant. He did return from the league suspension that he was serving of 25 games. The Memphis Grizzlies were trending in the right direction. Obviously, when you get your best player back in a superstar like John Morant, unfortunately, he did suffer a shoulder injury. He's going to require season-ending uh, uh, surgery for the shoulder. And to add um, insult to injury, now they lose Marcus Smart, who they just got back also for six weeks with a dislocated finger. So now we're going back to the Desmond Bain show for the Memphis Grizzlies. But they are going to be hosting the L.A. Clippers on Friday night, currently as it stands, the Clippers are a seven and a half point favorite in this game with a total of two twenty eight and a half. Let's take a look at the injury report here for both of these teams. For the Clippers, pretty clean injury report. Everybody healthy and is a go for this team. For the Memphis Grizzlies, I did mention that they are going to be obviously without John Morant and Marcus Smart. Uh, Derek Rose continues to be out as well. Brandon Clark is still trying to find his way back. I did see a note earlier uh, today, Sleepy, that they did wave Bismarck Biombo. Um, did the Memphis Grizzlies, and they also will be without Sandy uh, Aldama in this game as well. So this Memphis Grizzlies team back to days without John Morant here. We can talk about the John Morant news first, and then we can get into the game here, Sleepy. Uh, I mean, it sucks. I mean, it's like we were waiting yeah. for, for Ja to come back because he's such an electric player. Comes back, has a couple of really good games. Grizzlies rip off a bunch of wins. You and I do a podcast. I'm like, hurry up and get those Memphis Grizzlies tickets to make the playoffs. They were 13 to one, and then uh, it turns out, you know, they're 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 three to one, and um, maybe we have a chance. And Jaw goes out, not good. 
Marcus Smart goes out, not good. We're right back to the team that was getting blasted on a nightly basis. And you have to – you really have to question how players go ahead and, and prepare and how their their mental stability is when you're having a bad season. But you just injected a ton of life into this team, and now it's been absolutely ripped away. So the only thing I can do here with this particular game and this particular team is to think that at some point, relatively quickly, the bottom is just going to absolutely fall out. And I actually think that there's a good chance that it could be in this game. Yeah. Give the Grizzlies credit. They went out and they fought in the last game. They beat the Mavericks. But um, I think that it was one of those we, we've won before with Jaw. Let's go out there and play our rear ends off. And I just think Dallas kind of overlooked them. They weren't really ready. But the Clippers are a really good basketball team. They're really coming together. And I think when adversity sets in in this particular game, that we might see the Grizzlies crumble and go back to that team that, you know, before Jaw got there, what were they, like 8-25 and 25 or something like that? Like, they, they were just playing terrible basketball. Yeah. So I will not be shocked if the Clippers come in here and, you know, they play this team tough and maybe the Grizzlies come out and, and you know, they're throwing their punches too. But eventually you can't just leave it up to, to one or two players to, to go ahead and compete against this Clippers team. Like, you need – all five of your starters to go out there, play their basketball game, and you need the bench to go ahead and step up. And they're just too short right now. And I do worry about where they're at mentally. You know, I think that maybe they had a ray of hope, and it's just, it's gone. So with all that said, I'm going to go ahead, I'm going to make the Clippers my best bet here, minus a seven and a half. I know it's a, it's a square type of pick, but we can't forget what we remember with this team without John Morant, without Marcus Smart. They were bad. They were really bad. They were getting blown out nightly, double-digit blowouts. So I'm just going to go ahead and take a shot here. I think at some point if we just continue to fade the Grizzlies that we can make some money over maybe like a five- to seven-game sample. I think you're going to come out ahead because the bottom's going to drop out mentally. They're just going to wear down and, and probably wear out and – uh it's going to happen here shortly, and I think a cl- the Clippers are maybe like the perfect team to go ahead and say, you know, uh, the season's over, boys. So wrap it up and, and pack it in. Yeah, I know we talked a lot about the Clippers uh, early in the season or earlier this year with uh, after the trade of James Harden, how they were kind of going through the growing pains about that, and now they seems like they've they've figured it out. Have the um, LA Clippers, and over the last ten games, LA Clippers have been very good offensively. Uh, they're number six as far as offensive efficiency goes in the entire league with a net rating of plus 3.3. Um, and the guys are healthy, right? When we talk about this Clippers team, uh, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George were guys over the past several seasons that you were missing a good chunk of games or having season ending um, injuries. And fortunately for a Clippers fan, um, it's been the opposite. They've had all their guys healthy. They've been playing great basketball. They figured it out with James Harden at that point guard position now, who's also playing very well for this team. And it's been, like you mentioned, it's completely opposite for this Memphis Grizzlies team. And right now, you take a look at the Grizzlies at home this season. The numbers just aren't very good. 3-13 and 13 straight up, 4-12 and 12 against the spread. Uh, opposing teams coming into the uh, their building are covering at a 75% rate. So... I think you you said that a better team, obviously, in the Clippers coming in here, that they're probably going to blow them out of the water and say, hey, 
your season is officially over here um, without your superstar playing John Morant, and now you're missing Marcus Smart. But also, I think there's also the defensive horses on this Clippers team, whether it's Kawhi Leonard or whether it's Paul George, that's going to be trying to contain Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain, we know he's going to get the shot volume, but how efficient is he going to be? But I just think there's just too much firepower right now for the uh, LA Clippers, um, you know, going up against Memphis, who are very, very shorthanded right now. So I agree with you about the Clippers here, minus seven and a half as it stands right now uh, against the Memphis Grizzlies on Friday night. You know what's funny, Manoff? I was talking to my father today, and he is not an NBA guy. He probably maybe has watched maybe like one NBA game and maybe like the last, I don't know, maybe like 15 years. And I don't know, maybe it would have been like a LeBron James finals or something like that. Maybe he turned the TV on. Not an NBA guy. So he gets on the phone today and he's talking to me and he's like, oh, did you see? Uh, it's funny. It, like I said, he doesn't know the NBA. He's like, did you see Kwame Leonard? Got all that money. <laughs> He's like, how do they keep paying these guys this kind of money? Da, 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 da. And I'm like, his name's Kawhi Leonard. And I'm like, he's probably worth every penny, you know, that they're paying him. Yeah. Um, and he, I guess he, he <laughs> you know what? That might have been the last time my father watched an NBA game was when Kwame Brown probably played. <laughs> uh, but I think bad. that that, I think that that is important too with yeah. this Clippers team. The fact that, they're they're heavily invested in their stars, yeah. And um, you got to wonder if, if Kawhi has a monster game here and shows out. You know, now that he got you know a little bit of uh, extra incentive there. Yeah, and now the the floor is set for um, Paul George now, right? Because I think that, like you mentioned, they're invested in their superstar players to possibly retire as LA uh, Clippers and ultimate goal when Steve Ballmer bought this organization, but um, the end game for this them for them to is win a championship. We've seen Kawhi Leonard do that with two teams in his career, right? With the San Antonio Spurs, then with the Toronto Raptors, Paul George still trying to find his way. But I mean, we talk about this every single season at the beginning of the year that on paper, that this Clippers team is one of the deepest teams in the association. And it's just been a matter of health for this team, because like I mentioned Paul George has been out uh, either Paul George has been out or Kawhi Leonard has been dealing with some type of knee injury. So um, I think that for the LA Clippers, uh, I think it's brighter days are ahead here and obviously locking up Kawhi Leonard uh, where there were rumors that possibly, Hey, if this team doesn't have success, this that maybe he wants to be out of LA and go somewhere else, but you know, good for the Clippers locking up uh, one of the best players in the association in Kawhi Leonard. Sleepy, let me get over to my best bet here for the Friday night card, and I'm going to go over to that game between the Houston Rockets and the Detroit Pistons. Currently, as it stands, the Rockets are an eight-point road favorite here. And you take a look at this Pistons team. I think it was last week or the week prior. They did break the losing streak against the Toronto Raptors, uh, but they are right back to not being a very good basketball team. I don't think there's no secret there. Um, them and the San Antonio Spurs. And these those two teams did match up, uh, I believe it was Wednesday night, where the San Antonio Spurs went into Detroit and got a 22-point victory. So that spoke volumes to me. Um, I was going to take the Houston Rockets on the spread here, but I think the bet that makes more sense for me is just playing the team total for the Houston Rockets to go over. And that number currently sits 
at uh let me see here i just had it in front of me at 116 and a half and i think for this rockets team i know they are going to be without dylan brooks and tari eason but these two teams had matched up earlier this season in houston and in that game the houston rockets dropped 136 points on the detroit pistons and you take a look at what the pistons defense has been throughout this season they are dead last in uh, offense, sorry, defensive efficiency, not only for the season, but that stayed consistent over the last five games and over the last 10 games. Um, and when you take a look at when I'm looking at betting on team totals or overs in general, and I mentioned this before, I like looking at pace. And Detroit right now, they've been pushing the pace even without Cade Cunningham in the, Cade Cunningham in the lineup. They're still top half in the league and pushing the pace. And the Rockets, They've been very efficient offensively, right? I think that we've seen the struggles with Jalen Green and being a Houston Rockets fan. Um, as of late, he has been playing pretty well, but Alperen and Shangun has just been playing out of his mind right now. And I think Emi Yudoka has finally realized that I need to run this offense through Shangun. Another bright spot for this Rockets team has been Jabari Smith. He's been an automatic double-double uh, for this Rockets team. He's been shooting the three-ball efficiently as well. But for this... For this play in general, it's just me more about fading how bad this t- uh, this defense is for the Detroit Pistons. And again, you take a look at them giving up 130 points to a San Antonio Spurs team. That speaks volumes to me because the Spurs at that time were a team that only won uh, five games. And you take a look at their last pr- – after their win against the Raptors, they gave up 154 points uh, to the Utah Jazz. 113 to the Warriors, and we know the Warriors are struggling right now, but over the last three games here, Sleepy, 131 to the Denver Nuggets, 131 to the Sacramento Kings, 130 to the San Antonio Spurs. So now you have this Rockets team coming in who are very well coached. Uh, Like I mentioned earlier this season, they dropped 136 at home. Expect guys like Fred Van Vliet, Jalen Green, even Jeff Green has been getting some minutes for this team. Cam Whitmore for this Rockets team has been getting minutes as well. So I expect them to take care of business. I see this team walking into 120 plus points here tonight. So my best bet, I'm going to go with the Houston Rockets team total over 116 and a half in this game against the Detroit Pistons here, Sleepy. I like it. I would not argue against that at all. I think that you you might have actually picked out one of the best bets here on the entire NBA card. Now, one of the things that worries me with the Pistons is that you really can only bet them in like statement games. Yeah. Because I think that you and I probably would agree and many others that, you know, this is a team that's not very good, but also, you know, they could be actively tanking. And we saw them almost go ahead and beat Boston in that OT game. And that had to piss them off. And they were up against it with, you know, holding on to like the longest losing streak in the NBA. And they turned around and they beat Toronto. And I was telling myself, and I probably should have bet this, that this team was going to go on another slide, whether it was because they simply aren't that good or – they just needed to get out of the press. So I think the if with that thinking in mind, I, I think the only way that you can go ahead and take the Pistons is in, you know, like a statement game. Maybe it's a game against like the Bucks or a game against like the Lakers or something like that. You know, a game where it's can you step up and be men tonight, you know, and, and they almost did that against Boston. So the only way I would ever back Detroit if it's 100 percent like a statement game situation. But, you know, as far as the Rockets are concerned, I think that. You're, you're finding them in a good spot here, Manoff. The fact that they're on this road trip right now, they lost their last two games, both of those games on the road against Miami and Chicago. But 
after this Detroit game, you have Boston, Philly, New York on the road. So you can end up losing this entire road schedule if you drop this game here to Detroit. I think they come in here focused, saying, you know what, let's not worry about the next three games after this one. Let's go ahead and let's knock this game out. So I think the starters probably go heavy minutes. They go in here, they put a beating on Detroit. This this is not going to be any type of statement game or feel-good win here for Detroit if they go ahead and take down the Rockets. So uh, I can see this kind of being a walkthrough game for them. Detroit giving up a ton of points, and the Rockets come away here with a big, big win. So I love this pick. This is a... This might be one that I that I certainly add to my card there for sure. 100%. All right, just to recap our best bet for the Friday night card, Sleepy is going to be on the LA Clippers who are visiting the Memphis Grizzlies as a seven and a half point favorite. And my best bet for the Friday night card is going to be the Houston Rockets team total over 116 and a half against the Detroit Pistons in the Motor City. Slavey, a lot of great things happening right now on pregame.com. Obviously, the NFL playoffs, super wild card weekend kicking off this weekend. Uh, also, obviously, NBA in full swings. But let our listeners know what they can take advantage of over at pregame.com. Right, exactly. Like you just said, Manoff, NFL playoffs coming up this weekend. That's going to be the focus of, of many of the betters here. And if you guys want to save $15 on any pick there at pregame.com, simply enter code SCORE15. That's score15 at pregame.com. Again, $15 off any pick there at pregame.com. I personally love a lot of picks this week, and I know a lot of handicappers there at pregame do as well. So make sure you guys go to pregame.com, enter that code SCORE15, save $15 on any of those big picks this entire week. There we go. NFL playoffs starting this weekend, so make sure you guys take advantage of it over on pregame.com. Steven, let's keep it rolling here, my friend. Friday 5, uh, going off as usual as usual here on the Friday night card. And I'm going to let you announce who won last week for the Friday 5. Well, shit, we won last week. Who do you think won? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, we got lucky. You know why we got lucky? Because Sleepy was paying attention to the injury report. And I saw Luca was out. We had Luca in our lineup, and I went in there earlier on, and I, I switched it out. Ended up taking AD, and he was kind of on our radar, Anthony Davis. And I think we ended yeah. up going with Luca or maybe another player, but uh, ended up switching him out. AD had a good night, and um, there there was one or two big players that played that night that had like dud games. I think actually might have one of them might have been Tatum, but uh, mm. it, it stinks. Like if you end up with with the wrong guy in your lineup. And, um, you know, we have all these people that are going ahead posting their picks. You know, one one guy could wipe out like everybody, and that's kind of what happened. So uh, it opened the door for us to go ahead and win there. So our second win of the season, I like our roster that we have built for this one. I wouldn't be shocked if we took down another week there, Manoff. Yeah, 100%. So let's get into our Friday Five here for the Friday night uh, card here. I'll lead it off here. Let's start here with that first game we talked about it with the Sacramento Kings and the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. And obviously without Joel Embiid in the lineup and a game that's going to be having a lot of pace, I believe. Obviously, when you play with the Sacramento Kings, we got to look at Tyrese Maxey in, in this spot here. And again, him and Tobias Harris are the two main guys that are obviously the uh, catalyst on the offensive side for the Philadelphia 76ers, especially without Joel Embiid. But Maxi on the season averaging 26.2 points per game, but you take a look at what he did against the Atlanta Hawks in the last game. He put up 35 points, and he's averaging um, over the last five games 
20, close to 22 shot attempts per game. He's also getting it up from the three-point line, averaging eight attempts per game. And also, he's a guy that can get to the free throw line as well, averaging uh, seven attempts per game while shooting it at 78% from the free throw line. So we'll start here with Tyrese Maxey uh, for the Philadelphia 76ers against Sacramento Kings. Then I'll go with the next one here as well, Sleepy. Desmond Bain for the Memphis Grizzlies. He obviously now without Marcus Smart, uh, no John Morant. That scoring responsibility is going to fall on the shoulders of Desmond Bain. And we saw what he was able to do against the uh, Dallas Mavericks in the first game without John Morant. And he dropped 32 points in that game. And another game where shot volume is going to be there for uh, Desmond Bain. 27 attempts in that game for uh, Desmond Bain against the Dallas Mavericks. Um, so I think that he's going to have to, uh, again, take on the responsibility of scoring like he was when John Moran is in there. So I'll start with those guys uh, for our Friday Five here, Sleepy. Tyrese Maxey and Desmond Bain. All right, Manoff, you're speaking my language when you're talking shot volume because I think that you know points are points are expected, but the volume is is one thing that, it's hard for for betters to go ahead and measure and know you know how many shots a guy is going to get, and I could tell you right now all the sharp betters and the guys who do props and fantasy, they're looking at the guys and the teams that are that are injury riddled, and they go okay cool well if Joel Embiid's out and he takes uh, you know twenty five shots a game somebody has to go ahead and pick up that production, and Maxi's already a guy that's going to fire up a ton of shots so you can only imagine his volume is going to go up a whole hell of a lot. If Maxi goes out and scores 50 in this game, it would not surprise me. And the only reason is because the volume is going to be there. He could get hot for a quarter or two. It's just we're, we're, we're measuring the volume more than anything. At least that's that's the way that I feel that, that we approach this particular week. Another guy that could have a lot of volume in this one. This is going to be one that I don't think anybody's going to take here, Manoff, and that's going to be scary Terry Rozier. Uh, I think Rozier has a, has a pretty good shot to have a big night here. I mean, he's playing one of the worst defensive teams in the league. Uh, I heard through the grapevine, uh, LaMelo might be coming back sooner rather than later. So that'll be pretty good here for the Hornets team. But I think Scary Terry takes the, the advantage of uh, all the shot attempts and the volume that he's been getting. And against this defense that he's going to be seeing here, I think he, there's a good chance he has a pretty big night. And uh, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to put Steph Curry in there because I think that Curry needs to go ahead he needs to put this Warriors team on his back. Chris Paul's not on the floor. It doesn't look like Draymond's going to be back here for this game. So I could see Curry just going out here and, and putting up a ton of shots. The Warriors got blasted in the last game, and I don't think this is a game where they're going to get boat raced and starters end up having to sit. So I think Curry keeps them alive in this one. Tons of volume from him in this game as well. So I'll give you those two, and you can go ahead and wrap up with the last yeah, the last guy we're going to wrap it up here with is going to be Trey Young of the Atlanta Hawks. Um, he is going to be facing the Indiana Pacers uh, on Friday night, or the Atlanta Hawks are going to be facing, I should say, the Indiana Pacers in a game that has a total of 254 and a half uh, sleepy. And obviously, when you see these two teams uh, on the schedule and matching up against each other, we know that defense is definitely going to be uh, very questionable or, and uh, we'll see a lot of pace in this game here as well. But we know Trey Young, when he is clicking on all cylinders, that he's a guy that can fill up the basket, right? Over the last five games, he's averaging 27.2 points per game on the season. He's averaging close to 28 points per game. And again, uh, the theme for us is shot volume. He's a guy that gets close to 20 attempts per game over the last five games. And we know a lot of those attempts also come number one from the three point line 
for Trey Young, and also he's a guy that can get to the free throw line. He's averaging close to 12 free throw attempts over the last five games, getting up nine attempts from the three-point land as well. So in a game that the books are expecting to see a lot of points, expect guys like Trey Young for our Friday Five to shine here. So we'll go with Trey Young to round out our uh, Friday Five here. Hopefully we can uh, get our third victory of the season here uh, for the Friday Five here, Sleepy. Anything else you want to add for Trey Young? Um, I think you, you pretty much covered it with Trey's. Like, yeah, we're looking for the volume, but if you can get the volume and you can get that against a bad defensive team with a total that's really, really high, like this one is at 250 or whatever the case might be, um, it's probably a good a good guy to go ahead and look for you know, to put near Friday five. And if you guys don't know what the Friday five is, it's a contest that Manoff and I do every Thursday night and they're for the Friday slated games. Simply just go to pregame.com. You guys will see a pin thread in the pregame.com forums and it'll say Friday five and Manoff and I will go ahead. We'll put our five guys in there and you could put any five players that you think are going to score more points than our group. And if you end up with the highest scoring team, you'll get 55 pregame bulk dollars Put in your account, and you guys could spend that immediately. You could spend that on anything you want there at pregame.com. I can get a pick for myself. You can get a pick from Fezzik. You can get a pick from anybody there at pregame.com. So make sure you go over there. Check that out. Go pregame.com forums. Put your five guys in there, and uh, I'll grade those picks. And uh, if you know we win again, there's no need for us to go ahead and reach out to you. But if you do win, I will reach out to you, let you know that you won the Friday Five, and get those pregame bulk dollars in your account. There we go. Last order of business here, Sleepy, before we wrap up this episode. That's going to be our player prop best bet for the Friday night card here. I'm going to turn this one over to you here, Sleepy. Where are we going with our player prop best bet? All right. Well, we've been we've been hitting that Philly game pretty hard here. I think that we got to go back to that one. And although I like De'Aaron Fox quite a bit here, his point total is 27.5. I think he can easily go over that. But I think the smartest wager in this game is to play DeMontis Sabonis over 22.5 points. I like his matchup here against Tobias Harris, and I think that once Harris is off the floor, there's not a whole hell of a lot of size that could really match up with a guy like Sabonis, and Sabonis has been red hot. There's a guy that's just been cooking along. I think he might have had, I think he had like 40 points recently, but if you go through the last, I don't know, maybe like four or five games, Sabonis has really gotten things going, and I think they're going to see this advantageous matchup here, the fact that Embiid's not on the floor here for Philly, and I think they're going to look to go ahead and feed this guy and I think the more that they feed Sabonis, it's actually going to be a benefit here for Fox. I think it starts, ends with Sabonis here. 22.5 points feels really, really low. Uh, I would make my line probably somewhere around 24, 25.5, somewhere in that area. I wouldn't be shocked if Sabonis ends this game you know, with 35 points, somewhere in that area. So I love this one. I think this is one of the better bets here on the Friday card. Yeah, I'm with you. Obviously, you know, the absence of Joel Embiid and not having that rim protection for the Philadelphia 76ers should gives a lot of opportunity for Sabonis to have success scoring the basketball in this game. And we know he's a guy that can he rebounds the basketball very well, both on the offense and defensive side. And, you know, we've seen a lot of times those those rebounds rack up for Demonis Sabonis on the offensive glass. And you know, I think there'll be opportunities for him to not only initiate the offense for himself as he does many of the times when he's bringing the ball up the court, but also the opportunities for putbacks that he has he has done, frankly, throughout his career. So especially in a game that does have a total of, uh, what, 230-plus, we said, uh, in this game between the uh, – sorry, 241 is actually the number. So the books are expecting to see some points here between these two teams. And again, that'll be led by their two more consistent scorers, De'Aaron Fox, and more importantly for us here, Demonis Sabonis. So our player prop best bet, that's going to be Demonis Sabonis over 22.5 points in the matchup against the Philadelphia 76ers for the Friday night card. 
So maybe that is going to wrap it up, my friend, for this NBA podcast on RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Anything else we want to mention to our wonderful listeners before we uh, go our separate ways? Yeah, I think that if you have a Twitter account, maybe an Instagram account, go ahead, follow Kwame Brown, some entertaining <laughs> stuff that he likes to put out at times. So you know, now that we brought out the uh, some of the some of the NBA legends, maybe go ahead and give him a follow. Yeah, it's uh, actually uh, this. I think it was his last season where he's posting all these uh, of uh, social media videos uh, about his time in the association. But yeah, I definitely do follow uh, Kwame Brown. But also, more importantly, uh, make sure you follow uh, us on Twitter as well. Uh, you can follow me at SportsNerd824. You can follow Sleepy at CPJ underscore pregame. That's going to wrap it up, guys. Good luck with your bets on the Friday night card. We will talk to you again this week for the Saturday schedule as well. Till then, good luck with your bets, and we'll talk to you guys down the road.